said, I want to turn it over to uh, Bob Pearson. He is president of Horizon. Uh, he is a joy. Uh, he is a passionate man uh, for Jesus and for people. And it's just uh, been a joy to continue to get to know him over the years as the relationship with FBC and Horizon has continued to grow. So would you welcome uh, Bob uh, here this morning? Good morning, church. What an awesome privilege for me to be back here among you again. I was just here a few weeks ago, and it was a great, great joy, and always is when I'm able to come to Family Bible. We've been in partnership for 15 years, and, uh, and yet as I look out around many of you, I've never met many of you before, and so I'm going to share as if I'm, going, I'm not going to assume anything this morning. I'm going to share with you about two miracles today. First of all, the miracle of how Horizon began. I was at an in-between time in my life at the age of 45 when, as a man, I stepped down from a very prestigious Christian ministry position that put me over 8,500 congregations of the world administratively. And I'm trying to figure out, what am I going to do with my life now? Because I was burned out and burned up. And in the midst of that, I had a dream. In the dream, Jesus came walking to me in the water and he looked into my pain-filled eyes, my eyes wanting to know identity again. Can any of you relate to that? And he said, Bob, I know you want to know what's on the horizon of your life, but I've come in this way to remind you of something that I know you already know, but you're gonna have to learn again because you need to learn it for a period that's about to open in your life that you've never lived before. And that is, I want you to make me the horizon of your life. If you make me the horizon of your life, I promise you that I will show you the next step that you're supposed to take for the rest of your life. As long as you make me your horizon, you will always know what I want you to do next. That's how I awakened on May 17 at 3.31 in the morning in the year 2001. And that's where the name of this organization came from. It's been 22 years, and Family Bible has been a partner with us going on almost 16 years now. It's been a glorious walk. But I want to tell you about another miracle that you are about to experience. The miracle of the Kiyasa Kids Choir. Now you think, well, they've been here several times. What's a miracle about? You see, when I came to announce the choir a few weeks ago, what I wasn't telling you was we were on the verge of canceling this tour for the following reason. Back in January, we applied for South African passports because we hadn't been able to have the choir here since their September tour in 2019 due to COVID, right? And so we had a whole new crop of kids, you're about to, to admit. There are a couple of veterans, but not many. So they had to all have South African passports that we paid for, and we got them all done by the end of February. Then we started the process of licensing the whole choir and getting them permissions from their caregivers, some of them scattered far and wide. They had to all take time off work. Kids had to take out of school. They 
had to all go down together. The caregivers had to give permission for all of the kids to be vaccinated for COVID, which is a requirement coming into the United States for all non-residents. We went through that whole process and laid out a lot of money to make that all happen. First of May, we applied for our South African, our, for our U.S. visas with our U.S. consulate in Cape Town. We didn't hear from anybody for seven weeks, which I can't believe. Well, I guess I can. <laughs> you understand. And then we were told that there's a six-month backlog. And we were told that no groups are being processed anywhere come to the United States. Here we were, we've got $40,000 invested in a non-refundable contract with United Airlines, 40,000. We just laid out $5,000 for visas and on and on and on and paid for the COVID vaccinations and all of the application processes for US visas at $160 a piece. It's a major thing to bring acquired halfway around the world, especially today. And now we're being told you don't have a chance to get a visa. So early one morning, one of many, I mean like two, three in the morning, Bongani awakened and I had the same idea. We believe it came from the Lord. Why not take the kids 17 hours north to another country with less of a population, perhaps the country of Namibia would grant appointments. And so, to our great surprise, we were given one. The problem was that the appointments were given for the last day of the tour when they're supposed to fly home. And remember, all of the airplane tickets were already under contract. So, I came here on faith and announced that this thing's gonna happen, as some of you remember, but we didn't tell you what we were walking through. We set a deadline of canceling this tour on Friday, August 19, and that Monday preceding, I woke up at three o'clock, which is prime time in Namibia, in the morning, and I wrote him a long emotional email, and it made an impact because two days later, two days before we were canceling, I got a phone call. If you can get the kids to Namibia, we've set aside Wednesday, September 7. We've cleared the calendar of individual appointments. We will let the choir come and we will interview 21, one after the other, after the other. Again, no guarantee that they would be granted. So another major funding outlay, right? Here's the miracle. Not only did we get visas, we were told that we are the only group from anywhere in the southern cone of Africa being allowed into the United States for the last six months of this year. Not only did we get our traditional one-year visa, but every single choir member and adult traveling with them were granted 10-year visas, which is unheard of. So when this choir walks out here this morning, 
before they even open their mouths to sing to the glory of God. I don't want you to miss the fact that God's glory will be descending upon this sanctuary. For you see, the definition biblically of glory is the visible manifestation of God's presence, God's purpose, and God's power among his people. And so as they come and stand, they are a walking miracle. And here's something else that I want to share with you. Another miracle that's needed. When we were here in 2019, we sponsored our last available orphan from where you partner with us in Matapani Village, Limpopo Province, South Africa. We had finally achieved that breakthrough. But then COVID came. Today, there are 46 orphans available for sponsorship. We got a few of them sponsored in the first service. There are a million kids in South Africa who were, lost their moms and dads because of COVID in the last two years. Some of those kids are out on that table. They need a miracle. They need a miracle, but I think you need the miracle even more than those kids do. The miracle of reminder that when you sponsor a child for $40 a month, you are being part of the miracle of God in your life, giving you meaning and purpose, and you're creating a miracle in the life of a desperate child. With no further, oh, one other thing. You partner with us, with Andre Sinelli Fundamurba, and $400 a month from this congregation, what you give on Sunday mornings, goes to their funding support. Their eldest daughter, who's on our staff, child sponsorship coordinator in Limpopo, who cares for many of the 80-some kids that are sponsored already in this church. She's fighting for her life this morning. She's in a medically induced coma. Four years ago, she was diagnosed with leukemia, and she went through a bone marrow transplant. She lost her remission two weeks ago, and now she's fighting for her life. As you see the glory of God descending with the coming of the Kiasa kids on this platform, will you breathe a prayer, a miracle for Audrey? And now, will you welcome the Kiasa kids choir?
Uh, good morning, everyone. Um, the song that we just sang now uh, is called Avulegile Amasango, which simply means that um, the heavenly gates are open. Yes, and the one that we're about to sing now is Ungulungulu Uyantanda, which also simply means that Jesus loves me. Thank you.
Mombelene on the koyo nonke labati. Mingelene on the koyo nevuya. Nise kuye nisele ingom ezimyoli. Thank you very much. Please give them another hand. I wanted to encourage uh, the choir in the Isikosa language, Psalm 100, verses 1 and 2, praise the Lord. Worship him with gladness. Come to him singing songs of joy. And that's what we're experiencing here together this morning, all of us from South Africa and from Anderson, Indiana and Marshall, Michigan. We're here and this is live and this is real and God is in the house. Have you heard the story of Jonah? You have? Okay, well, that's all I've got then. Thank you, folks. No. <laughs> you know, I heard the story of Jonah growing up, and I thought it was a fish story because often we end where, you know, Jonah hears the call of God, go to Nineveh. He doesn't want to go to Nineveh, and so he runs the other way. God chases him down. This relentless love chases him down with a storm, and he's in the sea. And then the fish, the great fish God sends to swallow up Jonah, and we kind of ended it there. And I thought it was a fish story. Well, then I realized, and I've got news I want to share this morning, and I think it's good news. The story of Jonah is not a fish story. There's a, story, there's a fish in the story, but it's not about a fish. Because the fish was the vehicle that got Jonah from where he was to where God wanted him to be. Now, I think there's something in there for all of us because at some point or another, whether this moment, last week, or two days from now, we all find ourselves there, but God is sending us here or there, wherever it is. And sometimes, like Jonah, we need a little help in the transport. Now, there's a verse, Jonah 2.1, that, that, that goes like this. Oh, I get some help this morning. It goes like this. It says, while Jonah was there in the heart of the fish, in the belly of the fish, he prayed to the Lord his God. And both parts are important because he was, in fact, in the belly of a fish. But in there, the story doesn't end there. In some ways, it begins there. He prays to the Lord his God, reminding us that ultimately, it's not just a fish story, and it's not just a story about Jonah. Ultimately, the story of Jonah is about the love of God for all. Now, I recently had a chance to travel to Africa, and some of you have been to Africa. This church has long been supporting the work in Matapani Village, um, raising up the next generation of orphan children to know, to realize the tangible love and hope of Jesus Christ. Well, I recently had a chance to go to Africa, and let me take you on that journey with me very quickly. Now, for those of you who have just this is a reminder and for those of you who are preparing to go with a go team in the near future that is my job I oversee our short-term mission so I had to get a plug in there moving on I recently found myself at security now that's a joy in and of itself it's a necessary joy but I found myself at security and so again let me invite you into that place into that long and twisting line where you're looking around and realizing I probably need to take my shoes off everyone seems to be taking their 
shoes off and their belts off and unloading all of their pockets. And if you have a backpack, you got to put it here. And if you have a briefcase, you got to set it there. And by the way, if your laptop's in your backpack, you got to get the laptop out of the backpack and put it here. Now, that's just the beginning. You then find yourself... Um, being beckoned into this laser scan where you don't just walk through as though you own the place. You've got to walk in, turn around, put your hands up like this. Now, a reminder, your belt is no longer on. So you're having to stand there in such a way that you, you feel very compromised, but you've got your hands up like this, and the, it's scanning you. And sometimes you walk out of the scanner and then get rescanned or even patted down a bit to make sure that you're not carrying anything you don't need to be carrying, that I'm not bringing anything I don't need to bring onto the plane. So I get it but a bit uncomfortable. I would compare it in some ways to being in the belly of a fish. It's a cramped place. It's a place I don't want to stay very long. In fact, Lord, get me out of here, please. But it's a necessary part of the transport. Well, then you find yourself on a plane. Now, the first few minutes of being on a plane, especially if it's your first flight, is, is kind of a joyous experience. You're like, I'm getting ready to be thousands of feet in the air with these wonderful folks around me. A couple hours into the trip, the wonderful folks around you and you find yourself a bit cramped and crowded, almost like being in the belly of a fish. And so you find yourself in a chair, and of course the person in front of you has leaned their chair back the entire time, so your tray is a bit wonky. And, and so you, you try to find that middle ground between not all the way back, like I own the place, but not all the way up, like I'm not going to be able to rest. And so you find your, your comfortable place. But before long, if you have an aisle seat, you're, you're, you're moving your leg like that. Just a, and then you, eventually you get both legs going like that. Because in some ways, it's kind of like Jonah being in the belly of a fish. It's kind of cramped and tight. You don't want to stay there too awful long, but in some ways it's a necessary part of the transport to where you're going. One final example. Uh, we arrived at immigration um, in this particular country, and the first thing you realize is that although there is English being spoken, uh, and, and on the signs that uh, when folks are talking to one another, they're speaking in a language uh, we may or may not recognize. And, 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 and we notice that there's some differences immediately, and so you begin to get that, like, I'm in a different place, and I'm a bit uncomfortable. In some ways, kind of like being in the belly of a fish, it's like, I didn't expect this, this pit in my gut. I didn't expect for me to feel so out of place. Lord, don't let me be here long. Now, a few hours later, a couple of days into the trip, and you find yourself in a very different place. Walking down a street and noticing two things at once, as you, in some cases, as you step over the trash or the open sewers. And you're going to the home of a sponsored child in the community. And you notice two things. One is you may be picking up on, on some of the odor or, or some of the surroundings, and you may feel a bit uncomfortable. But you also see the joy on the faces and the eyes and the smiles as they run toward you. And sometimes in a flying, leaping hug and welcome you and are so proud to show you, to introduce you to their caregivers, to, to let you see where they live. They're just so glad. And sometimes the only pictures on the wall are pictures of you, that you have sent them, of you and your family. And so we saw in more than one case, the, you know, maybe an old calendar from 2020 up on the wall with a picture on it, and then three, four, five, six, seven, eight pictures of their sponsored family whose love from around the world is very tangible. Hope is rising, and you notice both. And all of a sudden, if you're like me, and I think you are, this, going through security, is okay. It was a necessary part of where God 
was taking us. And, and all of a sudden, you know, I've got my belt back on and my shoes are on my feet and, and I've, I've stretched out and I realize that the transport that got me from where I was to where God was calling me, yes, was a little uncomfortable and no, I didn't want to stay there very long. But once I reached where God was bringing me to see what God wanted me to see, to break my heart, then all of a sudden it's worth it. And the uncomfortable feeling I felt in the belly of the fish walking into a new place, a new country, not knowing the language and feeling like an outsider apart, well, even that, God has a way of settling out. Wherever you are this morning, living in obedience, disobedience, running from God, far from God, close to God, walking with the Lord, wherever I am this morning, God knows where we are but whoever we are and wherever we find ourselves, I'm kind of doubting that God wants us to stay there. So part of this morning's experience, and that's what it is, it's praise, it's worship, it's dancing, it's celebration. It, it's getting caught up in the joy that these kids bring from around the world, but it's also the opportunity for us to send them back home with this message that some folks in Marshall, Michigan know their name. Their picture is on our fridge. The $40 a month that we give, and let's be real, that's five cups of coffee. That's one meal for the family here. The $40 a month that we're reminded of when we see the picture on our fridge, when we hit our knees and we pray, that's providing food parcels. Not only for the child, but for the family, for the caregivers. And they arrive on a regular basis my eyes were opened a few years ago to the reality that, that many, many children in many places across Africa, including Manapani, that they don't have an opportunity to go to school if they cannot afford the uniforms that are required and the fees that they have to pay, not once, but on a regular basis. Entrance fees, exam fees, and so forth. And so the $40 covers that. It offers, so when we talk about hope, yes, we talk about the opportunity to meet like this choir two hours, you know, two hours a day worshiping, praising. We offer drop-in centers where the kids can come after school for tutoring. We offer opportunities to go to school, to be fed, to have the life that we would wish for our own children. So you think, well, what can $40 a month do? It can create a world of hope. Not just for, but through African orphans. And that's why we're here. And that's why we're grateful. And that's why no matter who we are or where we've been, and no matter what kind of uncomfortable places, whatever belly of the fish we might find ourselves in, even right now, God is big enough and God is good enough to use that for his glory and for the sake of the next generation, even across the world. God bless you and thank you for the opportunity to share with you this morning. How about that? Some encouragement, some joy, some challenge, a whole lot to really reflect on, to pray on. And, uh, and I love watching everyone this morning as uh, you're being blessed by song and by word and challenged in deep ways. 
There's a word up there that Todd mentioned a few times and has continued to just pop off the screen, and that's the word hope. Hope is not wishful thinking, like, oh, I wish this will happen. It's confident expectation that God is moving, God is working, and I get to be a part. God invites me to come along. He invites you to come along. And there's a, a verse in Romans chapter 15 that says this. It says, may the God of hope, everyone say hope, fill you with all joy and peace as you trust him. Say the word trust. Hope and trust, and joy, and peace. And check out this last part of the verse. So that you may overflow, picture overflowing, just overflowing with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's not about what we can do. It's not about your ability. It's about what God does by overflowing out of us. Peace, and hope, and trust, and joy. We get to be a part. We get to experience those things. And so this morning, as Todd mentioned, as Bob mentioned, that we have an opportunity to participate in two different ways. Is one, we're going to receive an offering, a one-time offering here that's going to go to the choir as they travel to pay for some of the expenses of the extra trip that they had to take to get the visas um, to support other things. And so if there's some ushers here this morning, I know I saw a couple ushers. If I could have you help, if the ushers aren't available, maybe a couple of deacons can pop up. And uh, there were baskets in the hallway. They're, look at that. They're right here. Nick, you're on top of that. I'm sure you moved that here. So if, uh, if there's any ushers here today, if you come grab a basket for this side and a basket for this side, you can grab those at any point. Thanks, Dave. Appreciate that. And then Mark, would you mind? And uh, so you can participate today by giving a gift. If you uh, are going to write a check, some of you don't know what checks are. Uh, if you're going to write a check, make it out to FBC or Family Bible Church and write Horizon on the memo line, and then we're going to cut one check and give it to Horizon. Um, so that's the first way you can participate. The second way, uh, which is equally and maybe even probably more important, actually I will say more important than this one-time gift, is sponsorship. And uh, as Todd mentioned, as Bob mentioned, is $40 a month. I would encourage you to pray about this. This isn't some sort of shaming or guilting or compulsion by any means. It's the Spirit of God oh, just, again, opening yourself up. God, what do you want me to do? And I encourage you to look at the table back there. There's 37 human beings, boys and girls, made in the image of God back there that need us to come alongside to participate with God, what he's doing. And those 37 are in Manapani, the village that we have chosen to be a part of, to sponsor, to be a part. And from my understanding, this is the only stop for these kids. Because of our connection, because of our commitment in Manapani, uh, these kids are here, and so there's 37. The first service uh, sponsored a number of them, but there's 37 left. It'd be amazing, amazing uh, move of God if all 37 were sponsored. And so just pray about that. Go back there, look, go talk, um, and uh, Daisha and some others will be back there uh, to help you be a part of that. And so we're just so thankful that we uh, could be here today and, uh, and that the God of all hope and joy and cause us to overflow. He's the one that fills in. So as we continue to receive the offering, as you continue to pray and open yourself up, I'm going to turn it back over to the choir for a song or two more. And may the Lord bless you. Thanks for being here this morning.